0: Hi, welcome to Exploring the Illusion of Free Will. My name is George Ortega. I'm here with my co-host, Mike Laster. Mike, good to see you again. Good to be here, George. Okay, this is episode 168, Free Will. Why such a powerful illusion? Okay, and... All right. Because um, <laughs> because it is is—it's an extremely powerful illusion, you know. We don't understand how people get it, because logically it just doesn't make sense. But it is very power- powerful, so we're going to explore that. But like before we do that, as we do in each show. And also like this is like Monday, August fourth. Okay? So like just wanna um, so like before we get into like the theme, as we do it in each show, we're going to basically describe what people mean when they say w- they have a free will, and then we'll briefly, as we're doing that, refute you know why what they mean is just impossible, and then after that, just before we get to the theme, we'll just like talk about why the show is important, why we're doing this. All right, so Mike, um, give one, one definition of what people mean when they say they have free will
1: it's any desire or action that you believe does not have a cause that was outside of your conscious control.
0: Okay, and so like the reason like that's impossible is because like, you know, causality, because everything has a cause, like for something, to make a decision, you know, free of something that's not in our control would be to make a decision free of causality, free of this law of cause and effect. That's impossible. Okay, um, What what's another way that people, like, say um, they have a free will?
1: They believe they could have done otherwise in the past.
0: All right, so explain why that's impossible.
1: It's impossible because um, because of causality, it's just simply impossible. Because of cause and effect, everything that unfolded had to have happened that way. There was no way for it to have been otherwise simply because... Um, ever since the Big Bang up till this present moment, matter and energy, um, just unfolded the way it did, and also, um, the hedonistic imperative, we're always seeking pleasure and avoiding pain, whether it's short-term or or long-term, and, um, if you were to roll back time, um, then you would have done exactly what you would have done to, um, still be in that paradigm
0: exactly in other words like if you say well i could have chosen otherwise i could have done otherwise if i wanted to no you couldn't have because like at the time you'd made that decision it was based on this hedonic imperative you you were choosing what you predicted was going to like create the best circumstances like bring you the best pleasure in the future and you can't escape that we're hardwired biologically for that all right um I think that's... So let's get on to why is this, this show uh, more important. I just... I want to go through this. One reason, like, there's this philosopher, John Searle, who, uh, he was asked um, by a, a British psychologist for a book that was published in 2005. You know, if the world came to understand the free will is an illusion, what would that mean? And he said... Uh, that it would be a, quote, bigger revolution in our thinking than Einstein or Copernicus or Newton or Galileo or Darwin. It would alter our whole conception of our relation with the universe. Okay, I mean like end quote. That is, in other words, basically he's saying it'd be the, the greatest scientific achievement ever. Mike, what, what, what do you, what do you, um, why do you think he chose those, those scientists in, in his statement? Because at the time, they were the most
1: revolutionary, Uh, For Einstein to say that time is relative, Um, Newton to actually demonstrate the causality of gravity, Um, those were pretty big revolutions in uh, people's thinking. And so this would mean it's equally as significant. Excellent. If not more, which is what he's saying.
0: Yeah, excellent. I mean, and the reason he, he, he lumped all those together, you know, basically essentially saying this would be the, the biggest, the, the greatest scientific achievement, you know, like, basically it would bring about an entirely new consciousness. Because, Mike, uh, aside from the, um, the scientific truth-based aspect of this, why else is what we're doing important?
1: Because of people's uh, emotional lives. If you believe in causality, if you understand that things couldn't have been any other way, and that everybody around you, including yourself, is following the hedonic imperative, um, then there's much less incentive to um, take your feelings of hatred seriously, feelings of regret, uh, feelings of guilt, uh, feelings of. Uh, shame or, uh, you know, the idea of retribution even, Um, and it really opens up the space for more uh, compassion and forgiveness.
0: Excellent, excellent. In other words, like, it would make our our world so much more benign, we'd be so much better ourselves and other people. We'd create a brand new world. Because you wouldn't have a logical reason to blame others or yourself for anything, and that would change everything. All right, so it would be supremely important. We'd be creating a brand new world. Okay, so, like, again, free will. Why such a powerful illusion? Um... Mike, you want to um, describe this idea of, like, this, um, the idea of religion and the concept of hell, why this, um, you know, um, why, how this plays a part of the illusion, or...?
1: Yeah, ultimately, um, the way religion tries to justify the existence of any sort of hell, especially the idea of eternal hell, is, um, it, it proposes, you did have a choice, Um, at some point, and it sort of disregards the idea of cultural conditioning, it disregards the idea of um, biology and physiology, it disregards the idea of an unconscious, and it basically says you can freely will to do um, and be any way you want to be, and if you made the wrong choice, then it's completely your conscious mind's fault.
0: Exactly. Can you understand the reason behind this? And no, i like, back, like, the, 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 there was, like, actually most people think that the term free will is in the Bible. It's not, okay? There was not. There was no term. Um, St. Paul writing to the Romans, I think, 49.7 or something, or, no, no, I don't, um, He he basically... Says to them like you know like I want to do what I what what is right you know but sometimes I can't so he's kind of like questioning this will so like that's the closest they get but they don't use the term it's only in three eighty A D when Saint Augustine Augustine of Hippo right it's made a saint he's like trying to figure out all right because the, the the basic belief is God is good God is all good so like he's trying to say if God is all good. How come there's evil in the world? So like, so like he's trying to, like so he's saying, well, if if God didn't create the evil, then it must be our fault. Now here's one thing like um, Augustine fails to neglects to, to to understand that actually within the Christian theology that he believed in, there's this. Force this entity this whatever that God created called Satan or the devil or Lucifer whatever you want to call it, and like Augustine could easily have blamed you know the, this entity for for the, the evil, but he chose to blame us he he coined the term free will um yeah and to add to that
1: um even going back to Genesis the story of adam Adam and Eve uh, I guess you could say the snake represents the devil satan um maybe not at the time um, it you know, at the time it was written like it probably um, represented it after uh, Christianity developed, but still, like God banishes them from the Garden of Eden without really taking into consideration well, wait a minute, he was the one who designed them this way so it's sort of like building a um, a dysfunctional toaster, and being angry at the toaster for not working as opposed to the toaster maker
0: yeah, can you appreciate <laughs> that logic i mean if god would god, if God would have made Adam and Eve you know if we, um more intelligent, less, you know, because they were deceived by the serpent, or more obedient, whatever, you know, that the, the, they wouldn't have, like, done what they weren't supposed to do. And also, God is supposed to be omniscient, um, you know, all-knowing. So, like, he's he knew that they were going to fail this test. I mean, all right. But the, the the fundamental thing, why why is free will such a powerful illusion? You know, one reason is because, like, of the church, you know, religion. It's not just, you know, Christianity Judaism, Islam, you know, various other religions, whatever, they say to people, well, you know, like, if you don't believe what we tell you to, because that's essentially what they're saying, you know, then you, because you have a free will, you are blameworthy and and, and so evil that you deserve to to suffer for the rest of eternity. If you tell somebody that, if you tell a five-year-old that, a six-year-old that, you know, like, very early in his life, I mean, you think like as an adult that that, that person is going to like uh, challenge what the church or religion says? No, I mean, basically, that religion indoctrinates with fear, with the, with the most horrible punishment imaginable, so that people like can't don't think. You know, people are you know why is free will such a powerful illusion? Because people are afraid to understand that it's an illusion because they're afraid of the church, they're afraid of this belief in hell. That's one reason.
1: Right, and also, like, let's say free will even is possible, okay? Let's say at the time monotheism or Christianity developed, um, you know, what's going on at the other side of the country? Like, okay, the people in the Americas or in China or um, in Africa, uh, lower Africa, like, they have a free will, but they have no... um, they don't know what's going on up in the Middle East. So, even if they were to have free will, it makes no sense, because they have no exposure to
0: even have the so-called right belief. Exactly. Some religions say, like, for example, if you don't believe in Jesus Christ, you're going to suffer eternally. But how about if you never heard of Jesus Christ, right? I mean, absolutely. Okay, um... Another reason, another reason why free will is such a powerful illusion, this one makes a lot more sense, okay? The, 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 you know, I don't understand how people believe, you know, that an all-good God is going to, like, condemn anyone to, like, eternal suffering for, like, you know, what we do in, like, 80, 100 years. I mean, it makes no sense anyhow. But one that makes a lot more sense is this concept of egoism. We like to take credit for what we do in old. Mike, I'll explain that in more detail.
1: So, in order to believe in free will, you have to believe in a person who can will freely, and that person um, is self-image, which is the ego, in other other words, which is why we call it um, egoism, and so um, it feeds the ego to believe you have free will, as opposed to believing that you're just um, sort of the puppet of causality.
0: Yeah, we we like, you know, we like to like, when we do something, you know, creative, when we do it, when we achieve something, we win an award or something, we like to believe that we did it, that we didn't have to, that we're not a puppet, we like to take credit for this stuff, you know, and like, the irony is, is like, the universe, this cause and effect makes us like to do this. In other words, we, we like to take credit for this because the universe compels us to. So then, because the universe compels us to like to take credit for we we do for not being a puppet, the universe thereupon, because of that, makes us not want to believe or accept that we don't have a free will. Okay, it, it gets beyond... So, like, that that's pretty easy to understand. So like, But still, like, I mean, you could understand, like, well, all right... Let's say, let's say you shift from the egoism to, in other words, if you you understand that we don't have a free will, nobody has a free will. So when you do get something good and you know you achieve something, how do you how do you interpret that? How do you feel in all? Um,
1: with the belief in free no, will, no, without it, without without, without, without yeah. the belief in free will, you're just gonna um, assume that you're just gonna see that um, it was almost like a lottery, like for these. For example, I didn't choose to have the ability to be a songwriter or um, or be a composer. It's just my nurturing and uh, even genetics like allowed that to be a possibility. So I can't really have um, an ego about it since it was sort of uh, luck in the end. And if I were born a different person, I'd have other, um, you know, things. The other talents or um, the flaws even it's it's really a big lottery
0: exactly so you know first it's a matter of luck and second like it's not like you don't enjoy it like you know you just you just compose a song that you're going to have it produced and all I mean you're grateful you're grateful that the universe um, allowed you to do that so like
1: but as we understand like it doesn't prevent narcissism because those with an ego who still um, believe in causal will or don't believe in free will can still say ah the universe chose me therefore I'm special I'm more special than you Um, or if if something negative happens you know they could still uh, feel like uh, why did um, why does the universe hate me why did I get the
0: short end of the stick or whatever you're right. I mean, like, in a certain sense, I mean, we could, like, let's say we say, uh, you know, could, like, I think it makes that kind of, like, arrogance for something more difficult, but even even in terms, like, somebody says, well, you know, yes, the universe chose me, I'm special law, but, like, the answer to that in a certain sense, and you're right, you know, it does make it harder, but one could even say to that, like, yeah, but it wasn't, like, up to you to be special. In other words, you know, you, you was, like, yeah. absolutely, you know.
1: <laughs> but they might feel it was, like, divinely willed. No, I know, right? I know. Yeah. Alright,
0: so, so another, you're right. It's not going com- <laughs> to, you know, a completely eliminate egoism. It's, it's a it's can-
1: step in the direction of truth, though. Absolutely.
0: Truth and yeah. humility, yes. Alright, so let's go to the legal system. Um, basically, why such a um, free will is such a powerful illusion. Um, let me let me explain this in some detail. What happens is the legal system does recognize, for example, different levels of guilt. You know, premeditated or you know, negligent or whatever. I mean, like it has a, a stipulation. Whereas, like if you didn't understand. The um, the implications of what you were doing, then that's kind of like you know that's a defense you know against being um, charged. And all, but the the point this point is like even though the our legal system is sophisticated enough to understand different kind of like levels of guilt. It yet doesn't understand that free will is an illusion. As a matter of fact, in 1978 or so, the Supreme Court actually decided that free will exists, which is like so insane that these 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 six guys or nine guys or whatever on this court could, um, could make that kind of a decision. It's the only
1: thing that could uh, justify the idea of punishment, really, just for the sake of Um, someone committed a crime, okay, now somehow you have to balance out uh, morality, take it into your own hands, and uh, punish the person as if, you know, it'll undo whatever was done, but um, what was I going to say? Like, under the free will um, paradigm, that's the only way it could work, but no free will, you'd still... Um, separate those people from society. They still wouldn't be running around the streets. You know, we're not advocating that. Oh, everybody's forgiven. Therefore, you know, we're going to be naive about it. That's not the case. What's going to happen is we still remove them, but it's just for the sake of not just <clears throat> not just making society safer by their removal, but. Um, trying to understand what the causes were that led them uh, to do whatever um, atrocity or crime they committed
0: which was the effect of some previous cause excellent yeah because in other words like under our legal six system now you know somebody does something wrong and and we're you know I mean Basically no the, the idea is like if people believe people fear that if we got rid of this belief in free will then then people would just say well you can 't blame me so I can do whatever you want no that that 's not what we 're saying as Mike explained we 'd still have to hold people accountable, but the problem is in today 's legal system basically the judge, the, the, the system itself says, like, you did evil of your own free will, you're an evil person, you're a criminal. You know, and they they use such pejorative, indictive, you know, vengeful language. So what happens, like, two things happen. One is, is like that because of that Everybody kind of, like, tends to believe in free will. They say, well, the legal system believes in free will, it must be so. The second part is, like, the criminals, the people who commit the crime, if we're labeling them as evil, as immoral, as criminals, that's how they're going to see themselves, because, you know, they can't, like, separate themselves from this powerful force coming from outside. Yeah. Of them.
1: It's, it's like the godfather, you know, Al Pacino, like, I'm the bad guy, you got to point your finger at someone.
0: Yeah, yeah. You know? so, and the last thing is, like, it really, it you know, not only does it, you know encourage and amplify this belief in free will, but then it encouraged us as society to hate people, to hate all these criminals, which, you know, basically what the criminal justice should be saying to them is, listen, we understand that what you did was not your fault. That is that extremely important to understand. It wasn't you who did it. We just have to like separate you. We have to do something because we have to uphold law and order. Now, if you're a criminal, if you did something wrong, that's, that makes a lot more sense. It's a lot more compassionate and intelligent, you know, than, than our, our indictive, you know, hateful system. <clears throat>
1: right. Since we only have like seven, seven <clears throat> seven and a half minutes yet, I wanted to bring up um, my three point explanation on why free will it is perceived to be such a powerful illusion. Absolutely. Which is that, okay, one, you have a set of uh, future outcomes that you picture in your mind, and step two is that you prefer one of those future outcomes over the others. Step three is that you decide to act on them. Now, that is what we experience as being free will, since it happens, you know, right in our conscious mind. We could observe this. Um, effect taking place. We could observe all the pictures of whatever future outcomes we're fantasizing or imagining, and um, whichever one we prefer, and whichever one we prefer to act on. And But the reason uh, it's actually not free will is because we don't choose what our choices are, for one. Um, if we could, you know, we'd then in a sense you could say we have free will. But we don't. We're bound by all sorts of things. Um, n- nature and nurture, really. And two is we don't choose which of those choices we're going to prefer. Um, we, it's just wired in our unconscious, whichever one of those choices we're going to prefer, whether it's pick a card, any card, or you're, prevent, you're presented with uh, food options or job opportunities. So these are things that <clears throat> take place <clears throat> in uh, the unconscious mind, for the most part, in
0: the emotional centers of our brain. All right. Um, so, all right. Let me let me get this because this is important. It's, it's a bit complex. The, the one reason why this is such a powerful illusion because, like, point one is we believe we have choices before us, actual choices. Yeah, we picture all the future outcomes um, in our head. Okay, and then point two is like, we prefer one outcome over the others. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what, point three, can you um, explain that one more time? And point three is that we act on that preference. Right, okay, so, so yeah, so in other words, like, it just seems like if we, if we just look at our actions, it seems like because we're acting on our preference, it's up to us, it's our preference. But as Mike was just pointing out, sure, it's our preference, but we don't decide, we don't get to yeah. decide what our preferences are. Yeah. Absolutely.
1: Yeah, not we don't choose our choices or our preference
0: Absolutely. for whatever choices we do have. Okay. I think maybe another good reason, because you got you got to understand, like, over half of philosophers, academic philosophers with PhDs don't get this, they can accept that... Um, I mean, partly it's psychological. And they're, they're in denial. It's part of this this thing about egoism. All. But another thing is, like, obviously... If causality, we did a show on this just previously, if cause and effect makes free will so impossible, and the the, the simple reason it does is that everything has a cause, and that's such a simple concept to understand, you know, the question becomes, why don't these academics understand this? And, like, my answer to this is, like, poor critical thinking skills. In other words, like, you get through school... K through twelve, through college, even, and you don't have to. You don't have to know how to think. You don't have to be strong in logic. All you have to do is learn what they teach you. You know, memorize it and then recite it back to them for the test. Maybe apply it. Apply it in a few instances. You not You don't have to understand what you're learning, and that's the problem. These philosophers, they just read what other philosophers, um, you know, wrote. They, they're not trained to think about it, because, again, if they were, they couldn't, like, come up with this absurd notion that we, we have free will. Um, and, and even, like, the more absurd kind of, like, attempt, the sophist attempt to just, like, try to preserve free will by changing the definition. So, it, it,
1: it seems like the biggest uh, mistake or the biggest uh, misunderstanding is that the academics confuse um, self-awareness with free will. And they see free will possibly as like an emergent property
0: of our evolution sometimes. Oh. You ever see that? I've heard that. Emergent property is kind of like a relatively new term, but yes, absolutely. In other words, like that it emerges, but... All right, explain why it emerging wouldn't give us a free will.
1: Right, so... They confuse it with self awareness, and what self awareness is okay, one part of the brain becomes aware of another uh, process in the brain, and so it could observe itself and sort of make uh, corrections, it could sort of um, tweak it, like it feels like we're tweaking our own behavior through our own self awareness. But that's not free will because the impulse to um, for self development or self perfection still isn't um, our own. It's part of our biology. It's part of our uh, natural psychology. It's
0: just it's just there, and more fundamentally, these emergent properties have causes. Yeah, they you can't have, have something emerging that doesn't have a cause. So, once an emergent property has a cause, there is a causal antecedent to that, and a causal antecedent to that. So, you can't escape this this fundamental causal law that we did a show about whenever that you know if if we all had better critical skills, we could understand and like so like you know that our educational system. Okay. Um, and all right, my last point here is that actually, in a certain sense, it's not such a powerful illusion. Um, but that's a little complex. We have like a, a minute and a half. Just basically, quickly, it's like like people say that like yeah, it feels like we have a free will, and actually, it doesn't really in a sense. We're taught that. We're taught that by our parents and and, and um, society. Basically, what it feels like is that we're making. It's like we're choosing, right? We're making decisions, but it that. That's what it feels like, but, you know, this belief in free will is that we're making decisions and the decisions are up to us. So, in a certain sense, we could say it doesn't even feel like we have free will. We're taught that. All right, we've got about a minute left. Um, Let's talk about our shows. Let's talk about our Manhattan show.
1: So, we have a show in Manhattan. Um, It's a live show. You can call in and... Um, argue with us, or tell us how much you agree with us, or ask questions if you don't totally uh, get what we're saying, or you want um, some, you know, clarity on uh, one of
0: the topics we raised. So. Yeah, call in, uh, when's the next one? Actually, the next one, I'm not sure. It's like, we're, we're taping like once a month now, but we're going to increase the, that. We might like be on live every week, but it's like MNN, um, Manhattan Channel 56, three away from the Yankee Games, one away from Al Jazeera, one away from the movies. You know, it's in, in um, high definition digital. Our show isn't, but it's like within those channels. All right, thanks for watching. We're going like, to keep doing shows. This is episode 168. We're going to keep doing shows until you get it. Thanks for right, watching.
1: Thanks for watching.